are geek-centric, and you can be too. Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our special Behind the Geeks episode for Marvel's Secret Invasion. If you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys, and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for this Behind the Geeks episode, he's not a scrawl, but he's invaded my heart. He's Justin, the Secret Life Lawrence. Secret Life. Do you wow. have a secret life? Are you going to admit mm. finally to everyone on the podcast? No, I don't have a secret life. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't really. I, I couldn't. I'm not good at keeping secrets. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't. I don't really know. Like, I could never lie to my wife. She, she always can read right through me. So it's, it's. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those situations. But yeah, no secret life for me. No secret. I life feel like you me. wouldn't even have. You wouldn't have the time. To have I, a secret life. I don't think so either. I, I think that yeah. uh, between uh, uh, this and work and uh, baby life with uh, being a dad, it's yeah. There's there's a lot going on. It's it's a That's lot. Exactly what someone who has a secret life would say. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I had a secret life, so I'm thinking. So because you know me, I think I would want to have a secret life that would be something no one would expect. Like I'd be like a cattle rancher in Australia. Or something like that. <laughs> like I'd be, you know what I mean? Like something like something like with cows the earth. for sure. Yeah, no, something I with see, cows, yeah. <laughs> some, or like or like somebody who does like outdoor adventure hikes. Or <laughs> something okay, like that. I don't know. Yeah, that would be totally know. out of left field. I'd be right? so shocked if <laughs> if you told me, yeah, you had like a hiking vest with all these like different like tools on it. Yeah, and like oh yeah, those like, hooks, whatever yeah, those exactly. hooks are called, that hook into the mountain. <laughs> right, I have a couple of those. Uh, but enough about our secret lives, Justin. Can you let our marvelous listeners know who's invading us on the podcast today? Well, yes, I can definitely do that. Uh, today, I'm happy to share my interview with Kingsley Benadir, who plays Gravik. Uh, he is the antagonist, uh, or villain, if you will, in the upcoming Marvel Studios Secret Invasion. Uh, but I also had a chance to talk with the director, Ali Salem, uh, and he's not just directing one or two episodes. He's he's directing the whole thing. Um, a huge thanks, as always, to our friends at Marvel Studios Canada and Disney Studios Canada, by extension, for setting up these interviews. Uh, as always, we're very grateful for the opportunity to uh, have the chance to talk with the people behind the things we love. And let me tell you, Kingsley Benadir is an absolute standout mm -hmm. in this show. So to have the opportunity so to talk to him uh, yeah. is absolutely great. And, you know, everyone in this show is so freaking good, man. Yeah. Like, they, like there's just, there's such a stacked cast of talent that is that is in this show. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. Yeah, the cast, I think, is, is definitely the best part uh, of this this mm -hmm. series, probably one of the strongest casts we've seen mm -hmm. uh, in a Marvel live action series. Um, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about uh, certain members of the cast uh, once you guys once once everyone gets back from listening to this interview. So, without further ado, please enjoy our interview with Kingsley Benadir and director Ali Salim. Hey, Kingsley. My name is Justin. Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast. How are you, man? I'm good, thank you. How are you? 
I'm doing great. Uh, I was fortunate enough to actually see a couple of these episodes and dude, you're outstanding, extremely captivating and entirely menacing. Um, and I know you're going to be playing a hero later this summer as one of the many Kens in the Barbie movie. Uh, but I got to know right off the bat, what excites you most about playing a villain? That's different to anything I've played before. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, it was a it was a new, um, yeah, it just felt like a challenge, I guess. Uh, to try and and try and build Gravik in a way that felt you know real at the same time. Yeah, I, I'm actually going to be speaking with Ali Salim later today uh, in regards to you know working on this series. How did you and him work together? Uh, with kind of building out this character, yeah, we we spoke we spoke a lot about Gravik's like public and private persona and like what his motivations were and just how to layer him as much as we could and to you know in you know as this as the scenes and different uh, like rewrites and stuff were happening and how to keep him like straight like to keep him on mm -hmm. the same track. Um, so yeah, we'd share a lot of ideas and um and I think psychologically speaking, the the, the history between him and Talos, uh, Gravik and Talos and Gravik and Fury was something that we 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 kept coming back to. Um, right. And that feeling of uh I guess pain really of like feeling let down by them and the the question really of like what happens when you don't trust anyone anymore like what, mm -hmm. what does that do to someone like what does it do to someone like how much how much pain and suffering has gravic felt to get him to a place where he's able to do that to other people and right trying to have real conversations about like what it is that motivates people to behave like that so that he would hopefully feel real grounded yeah grounded it sounds very very sounds very real um, you know, Marvel has had a history of memorable and compelling villains. You got Loki, Baron Zemo, Killmonger, and of course, Thanos. In what ways do you think Gravik stands out and adds a fresh dynamic to the roster of Marvel villains? Loki, is he a villain or does he turn into like a hero? Or is he? I guess so. Like that's that's sort of that's sort of the, I guess he's the anti-hero if you want. Like my, I was talking with my other co-hosts, they said the same thing, but I'm like, you know, Loki is, you know, Loki, right? So. Yeah, no, I, there was, there was a time like, early on i was like is he a, a villain or is he an anti-hero like mm -hmm. it's like do we how much are we going to understand his point of view and like how much of his behavior are we going to try and justify and and then it was like this is not possible you know he's he's killing innocent people and using the the plight of the scrolls as his reasoning but i don't think it's really it, it it didn't feel substantial or complicated enough to like end it there i i think it we had to create another layer which is that uh which was that he he feels no remorse for anyone or anything that this is like uh this has to be a personality disorder and i also think functionally for this show what it needed was a character to hold a high degree of tension and to really mm. like there was someone who Nick Fury was coming up like someone who needed to be put down or locked right. up and that like any kind of feelings of sentimentality or like any kind of religious connotations were just they, they weren't going to work it, 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 right. we didn't have the time to explore that properly um and that he just needed to be like a straight up killer and that mm -hmm. his 
feelings of uh it's I, I would say to ali sometimes i was like i don't know if this guy likes anyone mm-hmm. i don't think he likes anyone i don't think he he hates himself so much that the only way he can feel anything is to see other people feel and experience pain and suffering and the the hope is i, I don't think he maybe he's just given too much away i don't think he wants to live you know i think he hopes that someone will put him down uh, right testing everyone like why do people behave like that like he he's testing everyone around him you know mm. it's not about uh blowing up the town square it's about uh seeing fury see him blow up the town square it's very personal for him and you know again like i said you're outstanding in this show uh it's so captivating i can't wait to see more of the mystery of your character unravel uh as as the episodes go on uh thank you so much kingsley for taking the time to join me here on the geek centric podcast i hope you have a great day man too bye Hey, Ali. My name is Justin. Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Justin? I'm doing great. Uh, I was fortunate enough to watch a couple episodes uh, from Secret Invasion, and I'm digging the vibe. I'm loving the grounded, mature. Uh, it feels very mature for the MCU. Um, and I kind of want to start right there with my first question. Uh, you know, you have an extensive history working in television. Um, I wanted to know what made you want to jump into the MCU and and dabble in in this in this expansive universe. Well, I think Marvel today is the pinnacle of storytelling in show business in Hollywood, and mm-hmm. uh, and anybody would be a fool not to want to go play in that playground with such accomplished people as Kevin Feige. Right. Um, so it was. I don't like the phrase no brainer because it suggests that I don't have a brain or somebody doesn't have a brain, but <laughs> it was a no brainer to get into right. this world. And, um, you know, just as a director, it's fun to have every toy that you could ever imagine available to you because that's how Marvel explores their stories. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's like an endless sandbox, right? Like you're just kind of picking up toys and mixing and mingling and, you know, you get to find the the the, the balance of how you can incorporate all those elements. And you got, I got to say this, this cast is extremely stacked. Like you have, we have a lot of excellent talent on here. And I actually just had the chance to talk with Kingsley. Um, and I, I kind of actually want to focus on that, uh, his, his character of Gravik working with, with Kingsley, how did you develop you know, his character with him. And also, was there any highlights for you personally with working with him on, on, on the series? Uh, Kingsley and I talked a lot because I think it's a very challenging character. I think it's a very new exploration for him to go into villain land. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, in superhero movies, the villains are a little more binary. They're, they're bad and, and Nick Fury is good or, or all bad and all good. Um, I think Kingsley was more interested in something more nuanced. And for me, uh, I I don't want to get too academic uh, because I want you to think that I'm fun, but um, I find like this discussion of terrorist, which is what Gravik will be labeled at some hundred percent. Yeah. I find that we are too quick to say, well, he's a terrorist. So that's what he is. But I think all of terrorists come out of a grievance and I think that that grievance, if we could understand it better, um, might help us talk to them before the reaction to their grievance happens. And um, their grievance always comes out of an environment. 
And I think us understanding that environment would help us understand and make the world a, a more protected and better place. And the reason I get academic there is because I think that's what this show does, is it shows us where Gravit came from. His parents mm -hmm. were both killed, which we learn in the beginning of episode two. Right. And it made him alone, which is right. a terrible thing to be. And Nick Fury made him a promise about home, which are all beautiful things that we all want. And then when Nick Fury couldn't fulfill his promise or reneged on his promise, Gravik had a huge grievance. And unlike the way Talos received his grievance, where he continued to work towards coexistence, Gravik said, I'm going to get rid of everything that's keeping me from achieving the promise that Nick Fury made to me. And he right. becomes that terrible thing. But if we understand it more along the way, his reprehensible acts maybe make us think more and condemn less. Yes, I think that that's kind of, um, it's not a constant through the MCU, but there are have been villains that kind of challenge, uh, I think, the audience to think morally about the motives of the villains. And I I, I get where you're coming from with Gravik. I think that there's, there's reason and there's definition that we will obviously explore as we get more episodes. Uh, Ali, that's my time. I, I had a great time just chatting with you really quickly about this. Um, thank you so much. This show is great. I love the grit. I love the maturity. Uh, looking forward to seeing more. Thank you. Have a great day. You too, man. And we're back. Uh, I got to say, man, it's it's awesome to see both uh, Kingsley and Ali's like they you can tell they've got such a dedication to giving this series like a, a fresh sort of original villain for Marvel. I think, um, you know, the way that the way that Kingsley talks about Gravik being deeply rooted in pain and disappointment uh, in Talos and especially Nick Fury who like it's interesting to sort of see that perspective because I know like as fans of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Nick is the he's the guy he's the mm -hmm. guy you depend on so to get this perspective of this character who who is just like you've completely ruined everything um, I don't know man it, it was it was really really good but that's a point of perspective too right like again I think the show is going to very much what Kingsley is is was hinting at and very much the same thing what Ali's hinting at is that it is a point of perspective that we will get to see unravel mm -hmm. um, I don't think it was you know I don't think it's in in Nick Fury's best interest to to screw over Gravik but I think that he has resentment um, mm -hmm. he has resentment through to a lot of people and again just to see that explored will be interesting um you know what's also really great is that much like some of the as i mentioned some of the villains of the past there there seems to be a bit of a um a moral understanding if you will uh kind of understanding where these villains are coming from yeah uh with villains like you know uh, zemo there was a but there was a loki comparison right sure absolutely right like and he definitely i think he he connects with that and understands it uh, talking about Gravik as as an antihero, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like th there's there's all of these different villains that we've you know Zemo, Killmonger, even Thanos. You know we've we've come to see throughout the MCU, and we kind of there's there's a moral understanding as an audience member to say like, is he wrong? Is he right? Maybe the way he's going about it is wrong, but we still understand their motives and and kind of connect with them. Well, and I like that both of them both in their interviews brought up like when you were bringing up Gravik, like. Um, the the very real conversations that they had to have around what drives people like Gravik to do terrible things, things. Yeah. Uh, and Gravik does some terrible things in these first two episodes, um, and and yeah, hearing the comparisons, you know, to an antihero like Loki, I think 
it, it was interesting, but I, you know, the initial look at the character was to try and see him as an anti-hero, and then they, it sounds like they sort of shifted focus because that might be a bit too simple or a bit too samey, and and so I, I like that they're sort of making him more of a, a cold-blooded killer, but but they don't just say like he's just a bad guy. Like we still get mm-hmm. that background for the character, um, and and yeah, like I, I I think it's interesting that he he said that he you know that near the end of that interview with Kingsley, I was like. When he's like, I don't want to give too much away. And I was like, I was almost wanting to cover my ears. But the fact that he says, like, he doesn't want to live. I'm like, what does that mean? You know, he's so damn good in this role. I'm like, I want him to I want him to to, to go further. Than I think this I think it's just more, though, the the, the like you could take it as it is. Right. But yeah. I, I honestly thought of it as it could also mean it's a self-hate. Do you right. know what I mean? Like he talks about the way he doesn't like himself and that he doesn't like anyone, right? Like, mm-hmm. like Gravik is, Gravik is so like grounded in this this hate that he's just you know he hates himself, and I think that that's kind of what I took away from it as well. I, you know, obviously we'll have to wait and see because I'd love to see more of him yeah. beyond this series, right? Um, but that said, it you know it goes without saying that his character is rooted in hate, is rooted in anger and anguish and i think that that has manifested itself based on how he's talking about it in a in a way that's almost like he hates himself he almost might even be borderline self-harm you know what i mean like he doesn't right. care he's willing to do anything w- yeah he doesn't care what the what no the cost what is if that means of his yeah. of its own life so yeah i think that that's more or less where where he was going and that you know he will push those boundaries and he will he he will uh you know go the distance if you will so well, and it's funny, too, because, you know, uh, Ali was saying that that being a villain is is new for Kingsley. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, you can't tell uh, watching him in this show. But, but that, also, I think, yeah. yeah. But I also think it's, again, a point of perspective because, like, we see him as the villain. Does he see himself as a villain? And right. I don't know if he really does. Like, I don't think Kingsley sees him as a villain, which is why he was talking about the antihero and so on. So um, just uh, touching upon the, the interview with Ali, like. Um, talking about where, where Gravik came from, he, he, the way he, I, I know we didn't really get too many questions with him, unfortunately, just due to timing, but the way that he so eloquently talks about the, this character and this world with the passion that he has, it just, it like, it reminded me of when Dave Filoni talks about Star Wars and that, that sounds like a hyperbolic comment, but it honestly, I, I really do mean that it's, it's so impressive and it really gives me hope for, his directing for these next four episodes. Um, and it makes me want to go check out other things that he's directed. You know what I for mean? Sure. I want to look yeah. up his IMDb and see what else he's done. Yeah, he's done a lot in, in the in the space of television. Uh, you know, not similar, but different in, in some ways. But um, yeah, he's very serious. You know, he, he is a fun guy uh, as, he, as he would like to, you know, he wants to be thought of as, as a fun guy. <laughs> yes. But the one thing I, I really took, took away from the time that I had with him was that mm-hmm. he's very serious about the work that he's doing. He's very sincere about it. Um, and I think that he really, there's, there's a level of commitment to the story that he's telling and he, uh, he, he believes in the story that he's telling. And um, yeah, it shows again, it does. The, the grit, the 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 sort of grounded uh thrilling bass style genre that this is is in it's so confident in mm-hmm. what it in what it is uh and that has to do from a strong sense of of direction that helps steer that ship and i think that that is very much 
why he talks so eloquently and so direct about intent, motive, whether it's for the characters, whether it's for the entire show, whether for it's the purpose of why he decided to to jump and work with Marvel. Um, it's all with intent and confidence. And I think that is key elements to a strong director is, is, is knowing the story that you're telling and believing in that story that you're telling. Absolutely. And I can't wait to see and believe uh, in the rest of the season. But that is it for this Behind the Geeks episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure to subscribe here on your podcast service of choice, as well as over on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric, uh, where you can watch these interviews. And maybe you can, you know, watching them, it might be easier. You can maybe tell which which one of these guys is truly uh, a scroll. Um, we also have our Discord open if you want to chat with us about this interview uh, or about the show, which we do have a spoiler-free review out right now. Uh, but we're also going to be doing weekly watch clubs for these episodes, which we're going to be releasing on the Fridays. These shows coming out on Wednesdays. So uh, you'll, you'll be able to kind of take your time, watch the episode, maybe even share your theories in the Discord. And if they're good enough, we might discuss them and bring them up on that week's watch club. Uh, I can't wait to dig into this series even further. Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this secret Behind the Geeks episode. And as we say, love ya. Peace. Peace.